Paul's letter to the Christians at Colossae, we begin to read at the 15th verse of the first chapter. Christ is the visible likeness of the invisible God. He is the firstborn Son, superior to all created things. For by him God created everything in heaven and on earth, the seen and the unseen things, including spiritual powers, lords, rulers, and authorities. God created the whole universe through him and for him. He existed before all things, and in union with him all things have their proper place. He is the head of his body, the church. He is the source of the body's life. He is the firstborn son who was raised from death in order that he alone might have the first place in all things. For it was by God's own decision that the son has in himself the full nature of God. Through the Son, then, God decided to bring the whole universe back to himself. God made peace through his Son's death on the cross, and so brought back to himself all things, both on earth and in heaven. At one time you were far away from God and made yourselves his enemies by the evil things you did and thought. But now, by means of the physical death of his Son, God has made you his friends in order to bring you holy and pure and innocent into his presence. You must, of course, continue faithful on a firm and sure foundation and not allow yourselves to be shaken from the hope you gain when you heard the gospel. It is of this gospel that I, Paul, became a servant. This gospel which has been preached to everybody in the world. And now I am happy about my sufferings for you. For by means of my physical suffering, I help complete what still remains of Christ's suffering on behalf of his body, which is the church. And I have made a servant of the church by God who gave me this task to perform for your good. It is the task of fully proclaiming his message, which is the secret he hid through all past ages from all mankind that has now revealed to his people. For this is God's plan, to make known his secret to his people, this rich and glorious secret which he has for all peoples. And the secret is this, Christ is in you, which means that you will share the glory of God. So we preach Christ to all men. We warn and teach everyone God's presence as a mature individual into union with Christ. To get this done, I toil and struggle using the mighty strength that Christ supplies, which is at work in me. Thank God for these words of inspiration and of help.
For as I stand before you today, I feel like I have an impossible task. How can you possibly relate what has gone on in nine days of session at the 184th General Assembly, some of those days we met for 15 hours. How are you supposed to give a capsule form report in 16 minutes? Can't be done. I feel somewhat like that lone mosquito that was flying over one of the seashores on a beautiful July afternoon over people who were scantily clad in their sunsuits and bathing suits basking in the sun. And he said to himself in frustration, I know what to do, I just don't know where to begin. <laughs> and that's the way I feel today, because ladies and gentlemen, as some of you have asked and I have told you, it was a rough experience. It is one that I shall not easily forget, one that I feel God was using to prepare me and other people for what is involved in being a part of the Church. I've tried to rework many, many times the things that went on at that great 184th General Assembly. Since returning home, I've gone through the papers, the papers which one commissioner estimated would weigh 18 pounds. That's how many sheets of mimeographed paper we were given, which we had to digest, and upon which were written motions, which we were to either approve or reject. The thing that has helped me the most since returning home was the sign that was over the platform of that great assembly hall in Denver, the one which was before us every moment of those very long, tedious hours, but really has only meant a great deal to me since my return home. That sign which said to remind all people, quote, we are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. And I guess that's the whole message. That's it in a nutshell. And unless you and other people who belong to the Church with us, unless we understand that and accept the biblical fact that we are the body of Christ, then General Assemblies, and especially the 184th General Assembly and the Church, makes no sense whatsoever. And I'm sure some of the actions which were taken not only at this assembly but in other assemblies make absolutely no sense to some people unless, unless you are willing to see the truth that we who belong to the Church, we are the body of Christ. Now, that says many things, and many things that I would like to say out of personal feelings which come from a very tired body, 
and from a very weary spirit. I can't go into great detail on all of the actions, especially those that have upset many of you. I plan to do that next Sunday when we speak about specific actions and give you the background on these actions as I've been privileged and been invited by the session subcommittee to speak at the adult forum. And I hope those of you who really take seriously this commission to be the body of Christ in the world today, that you will come so that we can have dialogue. I certainly didn't agree with everything that happened, and I'd like to talk with you and to give you background and to read to you the complete papers of the assembly beside the shortened versions which seem to get into the mass media of the daily newspapers. So that's for next Sunday, but today I, I want to reflect upon some of the feelings and impressions and insights that I have received since last being with you. And as I say, the main theme, we are the body of Christ. That's it. And it is at General Assembly that I think you get the picture more than at any other place that we are a body. Not an on non-entity, not just an idea, just not a concept, but a mass. Something that can be seen and felt and heard. A great body of humanity that has been commissioned by the Spirit of Jesus Christ to be his body in the world today. And what a body we make. You can get the impression of bigness in this congregation. And in the Presbytery of Pittsburgh, which is perhaps the largest presbytery of any one of the 186 presbyteries we have in our United Presbyterian denomination. But there at the assembly, there's where you see it. And I'll not forget easily that day, that first day when 4,000 people gathered around the table of our Lord. Included were the 700 63 commissioners from the 186 presbyteries, which represent the 8,813 individual United Presbyterian churches that we have in this body. The body is compro composed of white faces, black faces, yellow faces, red faces, brown faces, men and women. Never have I seen as many women at an assembly as there were present in Denver this past week. Young and old, in addition to the regular commissioners, each presbytery was allowed to take a youth delegate, and there were over 150 young people from high school, colleges, and seminaries from out our land. And these people had a voice on the floor. Not a vote, but they had a voice, and their voice was heard many, many times on the key issues which face our church and the nation today. This body, it's big, and under the providence of God, it's powerful. And though it's a frightening thing when you realize, not by our will, but rather by the providence of God, we have been called to leadership in that particular great, powerful body. It's quite a humbling experience. And you realize, like the scripture says, we are not our own. 
but that we are the body of Christ, that we have been bought with a price, that it is Christ in us, and we, no matter what we think individually, we, as a matter of conscience, comprise the body of Christ in the world today. That keeps you up at night, the few hours you do get to sleep, thinking over what has happened during the past 15 hours, trying to rest up for the next 15 hours that will be before you in just a few hours. The big thing is that we are a body, and as a body like any other living body, there are changes. Just as the medical profession tells us that the skin on these hands will change and completely replace, be replaced in seven years, so the body of Christ, the Christ who is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, the body of Christ in the world today will change if it's true to its head, Jesus Christ. And change, that was the name of the game in Denver. I have never seen a great body make so many changes in such a short period of time. I can't go into all of them. You will see them and recognize them as they will be upon us almost immediately. Presbyterian Life. We have merged that magazine with the United Church of Christ to form a whole new magazine that will be known by the initials A.D., Anna Domini. It will carry the date of the specific year in which it is printed. That magazine now becomes a monthly magazine instead of coming out every two weeks. The first half of the magazine will be written for Christians of all churches, and the second half will be one edition that will be sent to Presbyterians and will contain information relevant to the Presbyterian Church. And there will be a second edition that will be given only to the United Church of Christ people so that they can be informed. That's one change. Secondly, we changed the whole structure of the United Presbyterian Church. After several years of study, we approved a plan that goes into effect January 1, 1973 where there is a complete, and I mean a complete, reorganization of the board and the agencies of our denomination. The headquarters will be consolidated and be in New York City. The whole idea of this is that people on different levels and different judicatories can have a more equal voice in planning, in budgeting, and in evaluating on the national level. To tie in with that, we have taken the 35 synods that we have had in our church for many, many years, and we have merged many of those. And now in the new setup, there will be 17 regional synods instead of 35. We will be joining with the great state of West Virginia to form the Pennsylvania-West Virginia Synod. Not only that, we've made some changes in some practices in our order of worship and the form of government. I'm not so sure it's good that it passed. Now concerning baptism, we emphasize equally not only child baptism or infant baptism, but we recognize equally as well adult baptism or believer's baptism. And the session of every church is now to decide when the children will be baptized within that particular congregation. and. 
parents under the counsel of the individual session. They will have the option of either having their children baptized as infants or the greater responsibility of helping that child to nurture and to prepare him for a believer's baptism. We took the book of discipline, one-third of the book of order, and completely rewrote it and approved it. Change, change, all over. That's what you have in the body of Christ. Some of it may be good, some of it may be not so good. Only time can tell. But in the body you have not only change, but you also have pain. And pain was quite evident in Denver. Just as you cannot hurt your toe without your whole body suffering, so when one part of the church is suffering, the whole church, the whole body suffers as well. And there was much suffering out there. We had great personal tragedy in the lives of some of our fellow commissioners. First day we were there, a young boy who had come away from home for the first time and was a youth advisor. He was called home for his mother, was tragically and fatally burned when their house burned to the ground. On Sunday of last week, our stated clerk, William Thompson, his, his mother-in-law died, and because of his position and leadership in the church, he couldn't even go home to Kansas City to comfort his wife and to be present at his wife's mother's funeral. Last Tuesday, the preacher for the assembly, his sister, suddenly died, and he stayed on to deliver the last sermon. And the last night we were there, as we left the great assembly hall, it was way past midnight, making our way back to the hotel. An observer, a pastor of a church in California, the church next door to where our good friend Jim Little serves. That man standing before some of us waiting for an elevator had a massive heart attack and was dead within the hour. That has an effect upon an assembly and hurt, hurt was really there. It was evident in so many of the actions that were taken. A great surprise to so many people was the defeat of the motion that many tried to make to keep us in COCU, the consultation on church union. Many hearts were broken when the assembly time after time after time decided again and again and again that it would remain withdrawn from Koku. This was very hard on many of our leaders who had been involved in this for 11 years. And even our great stated clerk feels that a horrible thing happened in that withdrawal and that we have turned our back on the whole ecumenical movement. I hope that's not true. Only time can tell. But that feeling was there. And when, no matter how we voted last Friday night, all of us, when we left that hall, it was a very sad and somber group that had taken a stand that some of us thought had to be taken. Yet it hurt. And it still hurts. I can go on and go on and go on, but I'm running out of time. Yet this is what happens within the body of Christ, hurt. But also there is a time when we must be willing to suffer of being a part of this church 
and suffering was there. It was evident that so much of what is going on in the world can go on only when people are willing to stick out their neck for Jesus Christ. If Christ is the head of the body, which he is, and we are the different parts of the body, if we are going to follow Christ, it means many times we have to stick out our neck, and when we do, we become vulnerable, and we become people who are open for attack by all critics and people who can really have our neck chopped off. But of course we are following a man who laid his life down on a cross, and he says that the servant can be no greater than the master, and many of us, ladies and gentlemen, will probably have to get it in the neck many times because we are a part and take seriously our part of being the body of Jesus Christ. And this assembly, like many before it, stuck out its neck on many, many issues. My only regret is that the newspapers which carried the final action did not complete the whole story that was told and chose instead to editorialize and to bring out only some of the findings without putting in some of the other parts which are good and strong and positive but which are not sensational and which do not gain the attention of people who are interested in news and who will buy papers to find out the trouble and not the good in the world. This is one reason why we took our own public relations agent and why news letters were sent back to the church and to the session members of this congregation so that we could get the picture in total perspective. And I'm going to be speaking more about that on next Sunday morning. But the reactions taken. Personally, I want you all to know they were not taken lightly. Many, many hours of debate preceded all of them. Many of them were sent back to committees such as the one concerning the war in Indochina. It's a fair statement. It's a strong statement. But when you're a part of the body of Jesus Christ, whether we like it or not, we are a conscience for America. And sometimes some things have to be said which would rather not be said. But believe me, there's a lot of good, strong, wonderful commendation for our president in that report and for all of the attempts that he and other leaders in the world are trying to take to make for world peace. We'll be talking about more of that next week. We took a stand on the Middle East situation. The toughest for me was the one that I had to decide concerning abortion and that very delicate subject which seems to be so prevalent in our nation today. There's another on busing. All of these were taken, believe me, not lightly. And this was the conscience of the assembly that met under a canopy of prayer as we attempted to find the movement of God's Spirit as he led in these very difficult times. I know I've gone past the time, but these are crucial days, ladies and gentlemen, and my heart is very heavy. I present this to you, in fact, I'm speaking from my heart, not from a manuscript or from a memorized sermon, because I'm concerned about our church. I'm very concerned about it, because as what often happens within a great connectional body, 
that is representative and tries to be democratic in its procedure. We are vulnerable to those ugly cousins called dishonesty, a feeling of distrust, a feeling of suspicion for our brothers and sisters in the Lord. This was quite evident. The fact that United Presbyterians last year gave $11 million more than they did the previous year. The fact that we gave far less to the general mission of our church shows a distrust on the part of individual churches to support the general mission program of our church. The fact that 17 overtures came before the General Assembly to, to somehow censure the actions of last year's assembly concerning that legal fund of giving $10,000 to Angela Davis for a free trial. The fact that many of our leaders are questioned and doubted, not only of their motives but of their integrity. This is sad when Christians cannot only not love one another, but they cannot trust one another. These are very difficult days, and those of you who will be joining us to make the church of tomorrow, I hope that in some way you can do perhaps a better job than have we in trying to get that basic love of understanding and of trust that you have to have within a church to truly make it the body of Christ in the world. You'll be hearing far more about this assembly. I'm sorry that I took so much time. As I tell you, my body is very tired, my spirit is very weary, and my heart is very heavy for a church that I have been called to be a part of, a church which is having kind of a difficult time in becoming the live, active body of Christ in the world today. You are a part of that church too. My prayer for you and for me is that in these days that are ahead, we can help our church to find that part that God has called her through history to play in leadership, not only of the church, but of all the nations of the world. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, please help us. Help us to keep from playing church and help us to be the church. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of his Holy Spirit be and abide with you, with our nation, with our church. Amen.